Hey everybody, we are so glad that you're here with us today. I love this weekend because we get to slow down, center, pause ourselves, and prepare for what is ahead. So hopefully you're at home, you're in your pajamas, you're in front of a cozy fire with friends and family, enjoying this experience, this church at home experience that we've designed for you. Now, maybe some of you are asking the question, like, why are we doing church online when it's a perfectly good weekend? And I understand that question. So first of all, this is an opportunity for us to honor our multiple of thousands of volunteers that serve every single weekend here at Saddleback. You pour out your life, you invest in the next generation, you work in production, you do so much. So this is a weekend for our volunteers to be at home with their families and celebrate. And on behalf of our staff, Stacy and I, we just want you to know we're so grateful for you for the way that you pour out your life into this church. You're the backbone of Saddleback Church. Now also, this is an opportunity for our staff to be with their families. So many of them are pouring out on the weekends all year long. And so to staff spouses and staff kids, uh, Stacy and I just wanna tell you, we love you. We hope that you enjoy this weekend together. So we're just going to the place where you are. We're creating a great experience for you to be able to connect with God and to be encouraged as we step into the new year. Now, I love the holidays for multiple reasons. I kind of love this idea where I get to eat some of my favorite desserts, and then there's a part of my mindset that's like, well, when I get to January 1, I'm gonna reset, it's gonna be a new year, new habits, new me, and maybe for some of us, when we think about moving from one year to the next year, we kind of think things like, well, I'm just gonna leave all the junk in, in last year, it's gonna, it's gonna be a new me, new year, but isn't it true sometimes when we transition from one year to the next, we kind of bring all that stuff with us? Now, one of the habits that we, we do bring sometimes is like we love our favorite desserts during the holidays, but we end up eating them the rest of the year. And Stacy has a lot of great desserts that she makes during the holidays. And sometimes we'll go out to eat and we'll eat our favorite desserts. Now, one thing that we learned early in marriage is that it's not very good for Stacy and I to share dessert together. Stacy is very selfless. She's a very generous person, but when it comes to dessert, she will fist fight you for dessert. So you gotta have two pieces. We actually believe that two pieces of dessert, this is true, uh, is cheaper than one therapy appointment. So we get our own pieces of dessert. Now there are two bites when it comes to pie or dessert that are the most crucial bites. I wonder if you could say what those bites are. We all know it's the first bite. Like on a piece of pie, that little triangular piece right on the tip, you will, you'll fight for that piece. It's like the best piece. And then what's the other piece? It's the last bite. And we, we know the first bite and the last bite are so significant to a piece of pie. Now I'm gonna say to a year, there's a first part and a last part that is so significant. The way you finish tees up what you start next. And I wanna talk about the best way to finish a year. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse eight, the end of a matter is better than its beginning and patience is better than pride. Now he is saying the way that you finish something is shaping the way that you start the next thing. You might say it like this, a faithful finish prepares me for a fantastic start. So I wanna talk about how do you have a faithful finish to one year. Now you might be watching this in the next year, 2023, and that's okay. You can still look back on the last year and say, how do I want this year to be different? And we're gonna look at a passage of scripture that is so powerful from Exodus chapter 13 in the Old Testament. 
And the image that I have in mind is that we are teeing up the next year. I've never been much of a golfer, but I have done some bad things with golf clubs before when I tried to golf and, you know, hitting balls all over the place and messing grass up. Uh, but one of the things that I've seen is that when you put a ball on a tee, it's a whole lot easier to hit. And so we are teeing up the next year. We're saying, okay, how do we get ready and prepared for what it is that God wants to do both in us and through us in the new year? Exodus chapter 13, these verses will be on the screen, but if you wanna pause and grab a Bible, you can. And I wanna just share what's happening in this passage of scripture that we're gonna look at today. Now, Moses is this great leader that God has chosen. He has passion for God's purposes. He's this kind of leader that uh, is passionate about what it is that God wants to do in and through the people of Israel. And as he's led them out of Egypt and slavery, he's about to lead them into the promised land. And right after they come out of Egypt in slavery, God gives the nation of Israel a new identity. And in one sweeping moment, God changes a nation's identity. Now, this is a very important passage of scripture. Like you could be reading the Bible in the Old Testament and just skip over what happens here because in Exodus chapter 13, God's gonna tee up or set up the new year for them. Actually, in Exodus 12, God tells them how to calendar their year. And he says, this is a celebration that you're to put into place in the first month of the year. So this is a holiday that God is giving to his people called the Passover. And this Passover holiday was to be celebrated every single year for the people. And I want you to see what God says through Moses. It says, so Moses said to the people, this is a day to remember forever. The day that you left Egypt, the place of your slavery, Today, the Lord has brought you out by the power of his mighty hand. Remember, eat no food containing yeast. Now, God is going to bring the people out. There, there's actually a moment where they've come out, partially out, and then he's gonna take them into the promised land. And in this moment, they're looking back on how God just liberated them from Pharaoh, this oppressive leader. And God brought them out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. And he wants them to remember that for the rest of their nation's history. And he wants them to see that they are not an oppressed people. They are a favored people. They are highly favored by God. They are chosen as a nation. And God is going to change their identity through a holiday, through remembrance, through helping them see their past through the lens that he wants them to see it through. So he gives them this holiday. It says, on this day, early in spring, in the month of Abib, you have been set free. So you must celebrate this event in this month each year after the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Hivites, and Jebusites. He swore to your ancestors that he would give you this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So God is doing something really important here that he wants to do with you today. And I want you to write this down. There's a principle that God is putting into play, and this is the principle. God is the one that gets to define both my identity and his story. Now, when you think about history, sometimes that word gets meshed together, his story, but God is the one that gets to define our identity and history. And God is reshaping an entire nation's history right here. He is wanting them to look back on their history through the lens of his faithfulness. It would be so tempting after 400 years of slavery to, to label yourself as an oppressed people. 
It would be so tempting when you look back to see all of the pain and suffering. But God is saying, when you look back, I am giving you a holiday. I am giving you a moment to repeat every year so that deep in your psyche, you do not see yourself as someone who is oppressed, as someone who has been enslaved. You see yourself as highly favored. Now, there are a couple of principles that I want you to write down because God is so importantly blazing this into their memory that slavery, notice how God does not define slavery as a person or even a time or a period of time. Slavery is not a person or a period, it's a place. So God says, I brought you out of your place of slavery in Egypt. And sometimes we can be tempted even as we define our past as we've been in bondage to habits or we've gone through really difficult periods of our lives we can be tempted to let that define our future. But it's important to, to understand that my past does not define my identity. So God is helping them understand that their past as oppressed, as slaves to the nation of Egypt does not define who they are. And today, I hope that you can hear this. This is so important as you look from one year to the next, your past, what happened in 2022, what happened before 22 does not define who you are. Your behavior does not define you. Your shame does not define you. The thing that you wish that you could overcome, that regret does not define you. God gets to define your identity. So your past is not the one that says who you are. God is the one who says who you are. My past does not decide my future either. This is important because sometimes when, when you move into a new year or you move into a new season or you move into a new home or a new place, that past that came with you, some of us are so tempted to believe the lies of the enemy that our past defines our future. Now your view of your past is limiting oftentimes your future, but there's another important principle to, to embrace and it's my view of the past is determining my approach to the future. So the way that you see what's behind you is determining how you step into what's ahead of you. Let me say this, because it's so important. Listen to this. The way that you see what is behind you is determining how you step into what is in front of you. And God is wanting the Israelites to see, I brought you out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. I am blazing it into your mind every year through this holiday that every time you and future generations celebrate the Passover, you are to remind your soul that you are chosen and highly favored by God. You are not a slave, you are not oppressed. My hand of favor brought you out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. And today God wants for, for you to, to hear this because this is so important. So many of us are allowing our identity, we are allowing our future to be shaped by our view of the past rather than God's view of the past. We're allowing our identity to be shaped by the lies of our culture rather than what God says is true about us. So there is an important principle that helps us be liberated and it's what gets repeated gets remembered. Let me say it one more time. What gets repeated gets remembered. I love this quote from Brene Brown. She says that we live in the stories that we tell ourselves. We live into what we tell ourselves about ourselves, and we live into the stories that we tell ourselves about our past. 
So I want you to hear no matter where you are in your journey spiritually, whether this is your first time in a church or first time listening to a church message or your first time clicking online, that there is a God who is for you, who wants to rewrite your future by changing your view of the past. And there are four things that God is doing for the Israelites. I want you to see this. Go back to Exodus 13, three. It says, this is a day to remember forever, the day that you left Egypt, the place of your slavery. Today, the Lord has brought you out by the power of his mighty hand. And the first, first truth that God is giving to his people is that he is rescuing them for the purpose of redemption. God is rescuing me for my redemption. And this is true for you today. God is rescuing you for your redemption. And what can happen is that so often the narrative that we are believing about ourselves is based upon our past behavior. Now, it's important to recognize the difference between guilt and shame. See, what guilt focuses on is guilt. I feel at times guilty for the things that I've done and I've done wrong. And what shame is, is shame is actually feeling like my identity is based upon what I've done in the past. And what God has done for the nation of Israel, they've made some bad choices. Those choices were not the reason that they were in slavery, but they've made some choices. And God is saying, actually, I am redeeming you. I am bringing you out and I'm rewriting and relabeling you as my people, my holy chosen nation that my hand is upon. I love watching those shows. Maybe sometimes you see them like on Netflix where they take a house that's all nasty and old and then they reconstruct it. They're redeeming the house. And I love those images at the end of the show when they bring people back into their home and everything is different and they've put in new furniture and new paint and they've moved walls and it's, it's a new home. It's been redeemed. And that's what God is doing for you. God is rescuing you from your past to bring you into a better future. He's redeeming you. So the thing that I can do in this process to partner with God is to reject the lies that the enemy wants to breathe over me, to reject those voices that are deep inside of my mind that tell me that I'm worthless, that I'm no good. I reject those lies to embrace what it is that God says is true about me. Romans chapter eight, verse one and two, I love this verse. It says, there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him by the power of the life-giving spirit, he's freed you from the power of sin and death. So there's no condemnation. If you are in Christ, if you put your trust in him, the forgiveness of your sins now is true about your life. Your identity is shifted and God is redeeming you. He is changing you from the inside out rescuing you from what was. So your place of slavery is in your past. Your habit is in your past. Your addiction is in your past. The other thing that God is doing is God is fighting for you on your behalf for your freedom. God is fighting for me, for my freedom. Exodus chapter 15, verse two and three, after God has liberated the Israelites and this whole story has come to fruition, Moses would sit down and write a song of reflection about the character of God. And I want you to hear some of these words that he writes. In Exodus 15, two and three, it says, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. 
The Lord is a warrior and Yahweh is his name. So as you look back on the last year of your life, there are some battles that God has been fighting on your behalf. There are moments where you should have been taken out, but the God of the universe, he was fighting for you. He was strengthening you. He was sustaining you. And there was a moment in this whole story for the Israelites when they are, they are coming out of their slavery, coming out of Egypt. And God says to the whole nation, he says, you, you don't need to fight. You just need to wait. You need to just watch as your God fights on your behalf. And as you look back on the last year, there's a power in remembering what battles did God fight on your behalf? When, when did God show up strong for you in the past year? when you realize that he is faithful to carry you and he is faithful to fight for you, it changes you. In fact, the thing that I can do in this is to remain in the process of transformation, to know that there are some times in my life when I'm gonna go through it. It's gonna be hard, I'm gonna be fighting. But the goal in it is as I feel the fight is to let God do his part and fight his battles, my battles for me, for my freedom, to remain in the process of transformation. The other thing that God does, you, you see, is that God is carrying his people and God is also carrying you. He is carrying me for his calling. And what God was doing for the Israelites is he was carrying them out of Egypt into the promised land. And Moses says this about God's faithfulness to carry the Israelites. He says, who is like you among the gods, O Lord, glorious in your holiness, awesome in splendor, performing great wonders. You raised your right hand and the earth swallowed our enemies. And with your unfailing love, you lead the people you have redeemed. And I love this image because there's this unfailing love of God that has carried a nation that has been in slavery for 400 years, this tenderness and this shepherding heart that carried the people of God. Stacy, we kind of comment oftentimes is like the baby whisperer that whenever a friend or a family member is around and they have a newborn baby, that baby is going to be in Stacy's arms. She just loves to carry little kids. And uh, she has this unique ability as a baby whisperer to get babies to fall asleep. It's, it's a beautiful part of who God has made her to be. But did you know that God is also just like that with us? He's the human whisperer and he's able to carry you in your darkest moments and your moments of sadness and emptiness. He's a God that carries you. And he's carrying you to, to redeem all that pain, to strengthen you through the darkness, but he's doing it to get you to the other side so that there's hope again in your life. And some of you, as you look back, you wonder, could it, could it get any worse? You wonder, is there ever a moment of light on the other side? And when you look back on your life and you see the faithfulness, the, the Prince of God, of along the way where his feet were carrying you, you were in his arms. There's, there's a hope that comes into your soul. Where did God carry you this last year? And mark it. In fact, the action or the step here is to remember the faithfulness of God through trials. Remember God's faithfulness through the trials over the last year. And we remember his faithfulness. We remember his faithfulness to our church this year. When you look back on the beginning of the year, I didn't know you, you didn't know me. Uh, and we didn't know how this whole year of transition would happen as Pastor Rick and Kay took this huge leap of faith. But isn't it true that God's hand of faithfulness has been all over this year for our church? And when we remember 
his faithfulness. When we look back and we even write these stories down and the miracles down, where did God come through for you? Where did God come through for us? And we repeat it, the things that get repeated in our minds, we remember. Sometimes we will repeat for ourselves when we look back on a year, everything that didn't go our way, everything that was wrong. And those are the stories that we end up living into. So instead of repeating the stories that we don't want to remember, let's repeat the stories that we do want to remember because what gets repeated gets remembered. Now there's one final component of this that I want us to see that God is doing for the people of Israel. Verse 17, Moses, he speaks into the future. So he wants them to have a brighter future when they think about what's ahead. And he says, you will bring them, the people, in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, reserved for your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, that your hands have established, the Lord will reign forever and ever. And what is happening in this moment is, is Moses is recognizing that God is going to bring the people of Israel into the promised land, that God is going to bring them into his purposes. And the last component is that God is placing me for his purposes. You know, God has you where he wants you. He has you on the street he wants you on. He has you in the family he wants you in. He has you in the company he wants you in for a purpose. God has eternal purposes that he accomplishes through ordinary people. And one of the things I love to do as I move into the new year, when I think about how God is moving in my life and he's planted me, is to renew my commitments to what it is that God has called me to. To look at my life and say, where has God placed me for his purposes? And to renew my commitment to his purposes. The five eternal purposes of God, evangelism or reaching people, sharing the good news of Jesus, growing as followers of Jesus and discipling other people, being in, in community and fellowshipping together, uh, being in ministry and using our gifts and worshiping God with our whole heart, the five eternal purposes of God. I love to renew my commitment to his purposes, my commitment to the place that he has me. And sometimes in a new year when there's so much that we've done throughout the course of the year, it's easy to lose track of what's most important. God's eternal purposes will carry on for all eternity. And I wanna encourage you this holiday season to renew your commitment to the purposes of God and to renew your commitment to the places where God has planted you. God wants to use your life. God wants to make a difference through you. God wants 2023 to be the best year for our church, to see more lives change than any time in our history. So as we wrap up 2022, Stacy and I, we, we have loved getting to know so many of you. We've loved watching God move in power and we're coming into the new year with a sense of faith and expectancy. We're gonna kick off next week with a brand new series called Better. And we're gonna talk about how to make next year better than last year. But before we get there, let's take all that we've talked about today. I wanna review these four important components. God is rescuing me from my redemption, so I will reject the lies about my past. God is fighting for my freedom, so I'll remain in the process of transformation. God is carrying me for his calling, so I'll remember God's faithfulness through the trials. And God is placing me for his purposes, so I will renew my commitment, my commitments to him. I wanna pray for you that as we step into this new year, 
that you'll be able to look back at what God has done and see his hand at work and capture. Grab a journal sometime this week, sometime in your time early in the morning as you're reading or praying and really ask God to speak to help you frame last year so that you carry with you into the new year what God wants you to carry so you can repeat what God wants you to remember and that you can hear his voice. He is for you. You are a holy chosen nation. You are a highly favored people. And he loves you so much that he died on a cross for your sins. He conquered the grave for you. And as you place your trust in him, the spirit of God comes and lives inside of you and empowers you to live your life for him, empowers you to live with greater levels of freedom. And I wanna encourage you today to yield to him, to surrender to him, and let's make this next year the best year of our lives yet. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you today for what you've done in our church, what you've done in our lives. I pray that you would help us as we respond to these truths. Thank you for this great holiday that you gave to the nation of Israel to remember your faithfulness. And now as we step into the new year, help us remember your faithfulness. All the times you've carried us, all the battles that you've fought for us, all the moments that our history should define us. You rewrote our history and you declared us free because of what you've done, because of your death on a cross. And I pray for my friends that are listening to my voice that have never put their trust in you. I pray that today they would turn to you so that all these things that we've talked about could become true about them and they could receive it. In fact, today, if you've never received it right now, you can begin that relationship with God just by faith in him, opening your heart, receiving his death, burial, and resurrection, his forgiveness for sins, and he'll step in. And God, we choose today to yield ourselves to you, to let you write our history, to let you define who we are so that we can live into the better, bigger future that you have for all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.